Insiders, and a very pleasant good afternoon to you, wherever you may be. This is your host, Bruce Ash, along with co-host... Eb Wilkinson. Coming to you from the modern KVOI broadcast complex in Tucson, Arizona. Welcome to a Politics and Elvis edition of Inside Track. Elvis would have been 87 years old today. And of course, politics is the second oldest profession in the world, so God help us. We have another great show for you today. After Eb and I chatted up for the next few minutes, we will welcome Citizens United leader and close advisor to former President Trump, David Bossie, to talk about the mess in the White House and in Congress. After the bottom of the hour break, Kathleen Wynne, GOP candidate in the newly formed CD6 House primary, will introduce herself to all of our Inside Track listeners. And finishing out today's show... Um, old friend, friend of the show, LD11 State Senator Vince Leach will discuss the upcoming legislative session. Before we get started, a quick shout out to our great Inside Track supporters, Tucson Iron and Steel Surplus, Essential Pest Control, and Corazon Cabinets. These are all great locally owned family businesses you can count on, Eb and I do, so should you. And speaking of our great supporters, our inside track supporter um, and co-host, Eb Wilkinson, has some very important announcements about his business. Eb, big doings with your very successful wealth management business. Good stuff, huh? Absolutely. Yeah, at the beginning of the year, we moved our practice uh, from where it was down to a new location on the east side, 7411 East Tanka Verde. So this uh, is this is a little east of uh, Sabino Canyon on the north side correct. of Tanka Verde Road, just right across the street from Udall Park. Right, right across the street from Udall Great Park. Great location. I look out my window, I see everybody running. It's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. So um, why the move? Why, you know, you're on your own now. That's a good thing. You, it, is it this is. something you've dreamed about for a while? It is. You know, um, I've been doing this for 34, 35 years now. And started out in a really large firm, absolutely very little interpersonal relationships with the clients. They just account they, numbers they, versus they, yeah, personal exactly. relationships. Exactly. They didn't want that. So eleven years ago, I stopped doing that, went down to a smaller group, was able to get more of that one on one time with client, that more personalized service. And uh it just wasn't enough. I wanted to take it completely uh, whittle down the numbers. Uh, I don't have, you know, compared to other advisors, I don't have a lot of clients, but I do just fine. But the clients that I have, we take very good care of. Right. So I happen to have talked with one of um, uh, the managers in your in your old business. This is when sure. you're in the in more in the corporate big corporate world, and um, uh, he he knows that we're friends. He knows that you do the show with me. And uh, this man, who I respect a lot, said, Eb is one of the best guys doing what he does anywhere. He says he puts the focus on the clients first. And now you're able to do that on your own uh, with your team, and you've brought your entire team with you. I have a team of three. So talk about that. That that helps support me and what we do. So I've got Tammy. Uh, She is... uh, she basically runs the office. She does all so the... she's like the office manager, sort of? Kind of like the office manager, but it's more than that. She does 
uh, 99% of the client service work, meaning mm-hmm. when a client calls up, if they have an issue uh, with anything other than the investment side, they're typically talking to Tammy, like they need a check, they, you know, right. bring money in, move money out, RMDs, <laughs> things like that. We've got Brianna. She's at the front. She's the first person you see. She is a sweetheart. Uh, everybody I talk loves with her, her a lot. Yeah. Everybody loves her. Uh, she takes care of all our billing, reporting, uh, uh, keeping track of everything there. We've got Danielle. Danielle is another sweetheart. She's redheaded, so she's a little crazy, but that's not a bad thing. The clients, feisty. She's very feisty. The <laughs> clients love her. So she basically is in charge of making sure I stay on track, uh, talking with clients on a consistent basis. Mm-hmm. You know, the the stuff that we do, Bruce, people think they're paying us to invest their money. It, it, far from it. You know, that's just the beginning. What we do is we get deeply involved in their lives. When we sit down, one of the first things we do is we get as much information from them as we can to include how old is your house? Uh, how old's the air conditioner, the roof, the water heater, the paint? Because those things are going to cost you money over your life and the life of the house. And you better have that written in your plan as to how you're going to pay for those things. Um, so part of, part of your, I should say part of, an essential part of the services that you provide that I know about, Ed, is the baby steps approach. This is the Ramsey plan. Right. And, and it's about not having debt, which allows you to which allows you to give advice so that nobody can take their wealth and their assets away. Correct. Correct. We really, when somebody comes in to see me, we also take a look at their consumer debt. If they have any, the very first thing we do is we get rid of that consumer debt. I don't want them to have any credit card debt, any student loan debt, any car payments, Nothing. I don't want them to have a home equity line of credit. Mm-hmm. Um, and we will work with them to get their house paid off in 15 years. You know, once you have that, once you don't owe anybody anything, you truly are free. So who's the typical client that you serve? We're more of a conservative firm, both politically and financially. My average client is a gun owner. Uh, the client that typically is uh, that we have right now has investable assets of well over a million dollars but with that being said i take care of a smaller group of clientele that has you know substantially less than that but they want to have more than that and they're willing to learn they're willing to listen Uh, i spend a lot of time with them a lot of i do a lot of pro bono work with people that i'll never get paid for but i want to make sure that they're out of debt and Having the larger clients that I have those relationships with allows me to do that. So sometimes, I understand, you have to tell a client no. Yes. Yeah, a lot of times, <laughs> a lot of times I have to say... Uh, does that go over like a pregnant pole vaulter sometimes? Well, they expect that. They know that I'm going to say, don't do that. Uh, if it doesn't fit into their plan and allow them to retire comfortably and remain comfortably retired, you know, they have a choice. They can do it, but I can't be their advisor anymore. I'm not going to captain the Titanic. You know. So talk about, you have a, a, a quite a number of multi-generational clients, yes. families. 
yes. where it's maybe granddad and, and son or granddad, son, and, and grandson. And, and, and grandson. Oh, yeah. Um, why? Why your firm um, specializing in those types of people? It pretty much just happened. Uh, you know, we were taking care of clients, and you know, like I said, we get intimately involved in their lives. We send birthday cards. We send anniversary cards. I call up the husband ahead of time and say, hey, your anniversary is next Tuesday. Don't forget. And you'd be surprised the number of times I go, oh, crap. <laughs> so, um, and so when, when they say, you need to meet my kids, and there's two reasons behind it. Number one, because their kids need the advice. Right. And number two, at some point, the client's going to die. And the kid needs to know who to call right. and how we handle things. Right. So you practice what you preach. Um, you are in this new location on Tanca Verde. It's in a great office park. Here, here's my wallet. I have my personal debit card and my company debit card. Yes, I practice what I preach. Well, but even more important... Um, you don't owe anybody any money on that office. No. You bought it. You practice what you preach. You paid cash for it. Um, yes. And nobody can take that away from you. Correct. I had a friend of mine say, wow, do you, are you leasing it? I said, no, I, I bought it. He said, boy, those payments must be big. I said, well, the first one was. The one where you paid. Exactly. Everything off. Yeah. Uh, we have Charles Heller on the line. Charles, a real, real quick question uh, for Eb. Are you there? Yeah, my dad used to call that the Bohemian Finance Plan, everything down, nothing a month. And <laughs> nice. I, I just want to say that two years ago, I was living paycheck to paycheck, and uh, Eb is my financial advisor. I have no debts. I have, except my house, which will be paid off in four years. And I have a, I'm $600 short of a six months fully funded emergency fund. And my house is, as uh, Eb as Eb said, all the holes in the hole have been plugged. Porches that needed fixing were fixed. The whole house is painted, and it's all paid for, and I don't owe anybody anything on it, and I had the money because I followed his advice. Thank you. And then more than that, uh, you recently had an issue with your automobile. Well, yeah, I, I banged into a cur I, I banged into a $2,000 curb, but when you have an emergency fund, you no longer have emergencies. You just have events. I took it over to perfection, paid him cash, and that was that. And this is what I love doing, uh, Bruce. I love putting people in that position where they don't have those worries anymore. I mean, yeah. there are a number Not of... an issue. Exactly. There are so many people that if they have a $400 emergency, they don't have the money for it. Right. We want to make sure Eb, they... How... Go ahead. Eb, how many times do I have to tell you? It's just a process. <laughs> Thank that, that, you, guys. Yeah, thanks. Charles, thanks for calling. Uh, just real quick before we take the break, um, you do IRAs? I do. And, and you know, there's a lot of different kind of, of uh, investment products that you Correct. handle. Uh, and really, almost anything that somebody's looking for, you're able to, pro you're able to provide. Pretty much. All right. Well, look, um, that new location again is? 7411 East Tancoverde. All right. Wilkinson Wealth Management. 777-1911. <laughs>
It's it's the same guy, just at a different location, even more personalized service. Mr. Producer, let's go to our first break. Stay tuned. We'll be back with National Republican Leader and one of my former RNC colleagues, David Bossy. Thanks for tuning in today at Inside Track. Stand by for a few messages. We'll be right back. I'm proud to welcome my good friends at Tucson Iron and Metal Retail to Inside Track as an advertiser. Jamie Kipper and her staff are conservation experts. They sell round and square steel tubing, metal plate and roofing materials, as well as new and used steel, aluminum, and stainless steel to ranchers, artists, interior designers, roofers, and do-it-yourselfers, just like all the listeners here. Tucson Iron and Metal Retail is open Monday through Fridays, 8 a.m. to 4.30 p.m., and Saturdays, 8 a.m. to noon. Tucson Iron and Steel Retail, 701 East 36th Street. Call 520-209-1576 or go to TucsonIronRetail.com. And when you do call, mention this ad and receive an additional 10% discount on their already great prices. Essential Pest Control leaves bugs belly up with science. You mean you don't use a shoe? No, we use the latest in technology and innovation to eliminate bugs, termites, weeds, and more. No spray cans and lighters? None of that. Only solutions that target insect biology, using chemistry to help protect the environment, people, and their pets. Huh. Essential Pest Control leaves bugs belly up. Call 886-3029 or visit EssentialPest.com. This is Eb Wilkinson of Wilkinson Wealth Management. Now that the new year has started, one thing still remains the same. Government still wants to control you and your money. Don't let them. Take control of your life and your wealth. Call me, Eb Wilkinson, 777-1911. That's 777-1911 or wilkinsonwealthmgmt.com. Welcome back to Inside Track. Bruce is here. So is Eb. Happy to have you all along with us this afternoon. On to today's special guest, David Bossy. You've seen him on Fox News and many other places. He is president and chairman of one of America's most influential and significant political organizations, Citizens United. He has been a trusted advisor to President Donald Trump and is a major influencer inside the Republican National Committee. Welcome to the show, David. Hey, thanks for having me back. <laughs> you authored a Fox News piece this last week where you wrote, in America's 232-year electoral history, the Biden-Harris ticket is by far the weakest, most incompetent, and least fit to serve. In fact, Biden makes many of us realize that Jimmy Carter is no longer the worst president in history, maybe along with Martin Van Buren and Woodrow Wilson, but he's the worst, this guy now. Well, you're, yeah, exactly right. But, you, you know, some of us are old enough to actually remember Jimmy Carter's <laughs> presidency, right? And that's what I'm trying to get at is, you know, we still remember the malaise that was Jimmy Carter's era. We remember stagnation and we remember out-of-control inflation. Uh, we remember weakness at home and abroad. And that's where we are after one short year of, of Joe Biden. And that's really what I was trying to draw a comparison to. Uh, and, and I say in the piece, you know, on Fox that, uh, you know, Joe Biden is no Donald Trump, uh, you know, and, and that is that's a fact. If you look from a public policy standpoint, 
You know, President Trump had had low taxes and a vibrant economy, low unemployment and no inflation. And he had a strong military at home and abroad. He had, he had uh, peace through strength. You know, and, 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 and President Trump, you know, uh, I, I look around and I, I see a lot of buyer's remorse, people who went to vote for Joe Biden because they were they didn't like the mean tweets, to be honest with you, Bruce, right? right? Like, they, didn't like, they didn't like the mean tweets, okay? They said, oh, it's unpresidential. You know what? Um, it's, it's his, it was his style, and I think there's a lot of people who would take a couple of mean tweets today uh, and get a dollar gas back. So you stated the obvious in your article, a disastrous exit from Afghanistan, record spending, a health care crisis even worsened in 2020, law and order in disarray, our allies losing confidence in our country, a move to federalize elections and this dangerous, constant drumbeat categorizing every Republican voter as an insurrectionist. So I'm, I'm going to ask you, what, maybe this is a controversial question. Are these unforced errors that they're making, or are these intentional acts of our national leadership to harm America? It's a, it's a great question, and and it would just be easy, you know, in this hyper partisan political world to say these are intentional acts. Uh, but you know, you have to hope uh, that Joe Biden today, uh, if he really knows you know, what day it is, because um, that's part of the problem, sure. uh, is whether he's got the cognitive ability to do the job anymore. And there's plenty of people on both sides of the aisle and in the media who are now starting to ask those questions. But Joe Biden, when he was a United States Senator, Bruce, and you remember this, he was considered a moderate guy. He was considered an affable person, an affable senator that you could work with, no matter who you were, whether it was Jesse Helms, right, or a Bob Bird or whomever it was on, on either side of the aisle, you could work with Joe Biden on common sense solutions for America. That Joe Biden is gone. And he's owned lock, stop and stock and barrel by the radical left. And I got to be honest, it looks like to me that a lot of what they're trying to do is uh, do what, what Barack Obama said, which was fundamentally transform America. And it seems like they're trying to finish that job. And, and what that means is bring those socialist ideals to the next level. And that's what that's what AOC and the squad and and that's what they're trying to push Joe Manchin to do. So there was a difference, basically, when you look at all the electoral uh, um, uh, results in 2020. There was about a 42,000 vote difference in the 2020 presidential election. That really made the difference between Donald Trump being reelected or, or or Joe Biden being elected. And right. we have we have midterms coming up. Talk about how important it is for not just Republican candidates to get ready, and they and they ought to. I worry sometimes about that. But how yeah, how our party and how our our electorate and our activists need to get ready because this is gonna be maybe the most rock'em sock'em midterm election in, in, in how many times have you and i heard people say this is the most important election of, right. of our lifetime right every basically every two years now over the last 20 years it's the most important uh, i i gotta tell you i thought 2016 
was 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 at the moment the most consequential election of our lifetime. The difference between four more years of Barack Obama's policies through Hillary Clinton's presidency or a change agent like Donald Trump. But I got to tell you, if you know, as you pointed out, three states, 42,000 votes separated Joe Biden and Donald Trump. And and if you look at the United States Senate, it is literally a dead heat 50 50. And the and the House of Representatives, uh, the Democrats have a slim slimmest in, 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 in modern history, five vote majority. That that's the American people saying we want divided government. That's the American people saying we uh, you know, we we uh, we want uh, uh, some common ground. And I got to tell you, I don't see Joe Biden, who who campaigned on unity and bringing everybody together. There's been none of that. And that is and, and all it has been is one radical policy after the other. So to your point, we must from your from the from the volunteer who stuffs envelopes and answers the phones at the campaign headquarters uh, to to the activists who are out there going to rallies, uh, to candidates or potential candidates, run for office. This is the year to run for office if you're a conservative and you want to help your country at any level, state, local, county, federal office. This is the year because we're going to be we're going to win a lot of races in November because the American people didn't vote for radical extremism on the left. They voted for moderation and unity. That's really what it was. Hey, Bruce, David. And, that, and, that, and that's where that's not what we've gotten. Yeah, David, Ebb here. Um, you know, you're talking about that radical uh, stuff that we're seeing. And, and Joe Brandon campaigned on being a moderate and bringing people together. But last week, he was once again fanning the flames of dissension, calling out his yep. predecessor in an unprecedented manner. So what... Why is this sort of harsh rhetoric so damaging to America? It's 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 utterly frustrating um, because you know we believe that Joe Biden it, it, it does not want to say the things that he's saying. We don't. I don't think that that's who he is, but he is saying them, and he's further dividing this country at a time when we least can afford it. Um, and that's what presidents are supposed to do. You know, you know, everybody complained about Donald Trump's Twitter feed, and they said that was unpresidential. How about saying some of the things Joe Biden is doing is unpresidential? Not or, just the cognitive aspect of it, but doing, making speeches like this that divide our nation. That's unpresidential. That's not what presidents are supposed to do. And what's worse is that second in charge, Kamala Kamala whatever her name is, Harris. I mean, at least Jimmy Carter had an honorable vice president. You know, the right. the, the uh, youthful and uh, inexperienced <laughs> vice president, Walter Mondale, right. standing alongside right. him. And so what do you make of the second worst member of the national leadership in the White House? Well, she's a joke. Uh, she's, she's more hated inside the White House than she is by her low approval ratings. I mean, it's unbelievable the turnover in staff, the, t- the tumult that goes on, the drama that is going on inside that White House on a daily basis. But just the other day, in that same speech, in the speech just before the president's divisive speech, she compared January 6th to Pearl Harbor right. and 9-11. And I don't care who you are in America. That's just not right. That's like, that's the furthest thing 
from the truth. And and your average American, not people, your people won't left, take her seriously. People can't take right, anybody take seriously when they make those comparisons. No, when you had twenty three hundred people die at Pearl Harbor, you had over three thousand people die in nine eleven, and the only death on January sixth was some poor gal, wrong place, right. wrong time. Wrong time, exactly. And they won't even investigate that. David, real quick. Guys, real guys, quick. We still have bodies. We still have bodies in the Arizona underwater. We still we still have bodies that are unaccounted right. for in nine eleven. Right. And for her to make that comparison is is just so tone deaf, but it's not tone deaf, it's who she is. Yeah. David, real quick, we, we just got a minute or so. Yeah. I want to discuss the letter you and many other prominent conservative leaders signed. And this is including uh, former Attorney General Edwin Meese, uh, Matt Schlapp from uh, from uh, ACU. David um, McIntosh. And, and, and uh, Jim DeMint. Um, yep. Cheney and, and Kinsinger, uh, this letter suggests that they, they should be booted uh, from the Republican caucus. Talk about that and what that means. Yeah, well, thank you for asking that question. It's an important question. Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger are enabling um, and helping Nancy Pelosi keep the Speaker's gavel this November. They are actively working against the better interest of the Republican Party and the Republican Conference in which they are members. The, the, speak, the, the majority uh, minority leader, Kevin McCarthy, has the uh, power to vote them. It, it takes two-thirds of the conference to vote them out of the Republican conference. And I believe if you look at the coverage, the mainstream media, they call her the Republican leader, the Republican ranking member on right. this committee, right. and she is none of those things. And it's nine angry Democrats, okay, seven Democrats and Cheney and Kinzinger, nine angry Democrats and no Republicans on the committee, no Republican staff, no minority checks and balances, no rights in the minority. It is it, it is it is a it is not a commission that is based on fairness or on the precedent of how the House runs investigations. This is this is a travesty and it is a, it's an inquisition, not an investigation. Yeah, it's a it's a rum court and it's a rump investigation. Yeah. Can- David Kangaroo thanks, Commission. Thanks for taking time yeah. on a Saturday afternoon to join us this afternoon. You have been an important political leader and force for many years. Thanks for your leadership and I hope we can talk again down the road this year I, as we get closer to the midterms. I'd love to. I'll be out in um Tucson and Phoenix, uh, the 24th and 25th of this month. So uh, maybe I'll get a chance to uh, do it again soon. That'd be great. Thanks, David. Thanks very much. Bye-bye. Mr. Producer, let's go to our bottom of the hour break. When we return, GOP candidate for the U.S. House from CD6, Kathleen Wynne joins us. We'll be right back. Customers come first at Tucson Iron and Metal Surplus. What other kind of customers do you have? So our biggest customers are actually like ranchers and people from outside of the Tucson area. They're buying a lot of square tubing. They're buying a lot of stuff for their ranch to close off fences. We'll sell anything from 10 feet to 10,000 feet to somebody that comes in because we have new steel and surplus steel from steel mills. The reason we're able to get such good pricing on some of this stuff is A, we sell scrap to the mill. So... Uh, we have a relationship there and then we can buy material what they're making bringing it back and so we save on freight and we have relationships for years with them so i think that's really our niche market we'll sell whatever you need tucson iron and metal surplus call 209-1579 stop by the yard 
701 East 36th Street, open Monday through Saturday. Essential Pest Control leaves bugs belly up with science. You mean you don't use a shoe? No, we use the latest in technology and innovation to eliminate bugs, termites, weeds, and more. No spray cans and lighters? None of that. Only solutions that target insect biology, using chemistry to help protect the environment, people, and their pets. Huh. Essential Pest Control leaves bugs belly up. Call 886-3029 or visit EssentialPest.com. This is Eb Wilkinson of Wilkinson Wealth Management. As the new year begins, many things change, but one thing remains the same. People worry about inflation, but it's just a process. Manage your wealth and you manage that process. We use the baby steps. Call me, Eb Wilkinson, at 777-1911-WilkinsonWealthMGMT.com. Welcome back to Inside Track. Ebbs here. So is Bruce in the last quarter of 2021, all the way through the 2022 GOP primaries. Bruce, uh, Ebb and I are dedicated to uh, introducing uh, as many of the candidates as possible to acquaint Republican voters with Republicans seeking election. Ebb? To that end, I'll take it from here. To that end, our next uh, guest, Kathleen Wynn, joins us to introduce herself. Kathleen has served as an at-large member of the Maricopa County Community College District uh, up in Phoenix. She is running for the election to the U.S. House to represent the newly formed 6th District here in Southeast Arizona. Ms. Wynn worked in the Attorney General's office and has been very involved in fighting human smuggling and sexual exploitation, uh, fighting those things for many, many years uh, through a group known as Project 25. Hey, welcome to Inside Track, Kathleen. That's, Thank this you is for my, having This me. is my co-host, Ab. Yeah. So you've been a TV news broadcaster, businesswoman, activist fighting sexploitation, a member of the Maricopa County Community College District, and since relocating to Tucson, you've jumped into the CD6 Republican primary. Why the hell yeah. do you want to do that? Of all the success, <laughs> I mean, your husband was a Black Hawk pilot, wasn't he? No, he um, he was he's an aerospace engineer. Oh, aeros- okay. He designed he designed, oh, he designed them. He, okay, he, yeah. Wait, he, so, and but he's best known for his work on the Apache okay. attack helicopter. Okay. He would he, so smart, so. smart guy. You're no yeah. dummy. What are right? you thinking? <laughs> well, I think um, we need strong, conservative hardworking fighters. I'm a fighter. If you and, and thank you for sharing my resume. Um, sex trafficking is not, you know, your lunch talk, right? So these are these are serious issues that are facing our country. And this district on the border um, faces all of the things I worked on at the Attorney General's office. Uh, what I've been doing with the Maricopa Community College Governing Board is fighting liberals for three years, so they've been getting me ready for this. I feel like I've been in training. Hey, let's um, talk. But, let's 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 talk about that just real quick. Um, you yes. were in charge of a, of a search committee for a new uh, for a new leader, and um, some of your other colleagues turned on you, saying that you had done this and that, and they and they demanded that you replied, and you said, not just no, but hell no. You do have some testesterone running, uh, and, and you're and you're willing to stand up to people for the right things, well, they, aren't you? 
They were well. I, I will definitely stand up. And the reason they were trying to bully me off the governing board is because I kept pointing out the things where they were mismanaging money, abusing people. I'm still doing that. We just won a case for us in federal court for nursing students who are going to be forced to get vaccinated or be flunked out of our college after they had paid us for their education. And so we won in federal court. Uh, they were representing 75 students, but actually 6,000 nursing students across the state. And, and so I do take on those hard challenges, and I don't run away from them. And I think right now we need fighters. We need people that really care about this country. And I don't believe that the district, I know it's just reconfigured, has had true representation. Um, and I'm a wildcat. I came to Arizona in 1970. 17 years old, attended the U of A. I, I've been a wildcat amongst a lot of sun devils, but I've never backed away from my roots. And um, I'm happy to be back in Tucson, and I feel like I'm at home. So you're talking about uh, the forced vaccination. You won that case. Does that mean the nursing students don't have to get vaccinated now? It was even better than that. They didn't have to get vaccinated, and we had to make accommodations for them so they could complete their education. And and it was great. And I just yesterday I got a call from a father down here at U of A. Uh, same situation. They're saying that his daughter, who's a f- senior, has to get vaccinated or she has to withdraw from the program. So um, I think our case is going to be ha- show have a precedence, and hopefully we can help that student too. Well, that's so, good because we're 662 days into the 15-day flatten the curve. <laughs> Thank you, Joe Brandon. Now, listen, yeah. the, the new CD6 is a unique district uh, that's mm-hmm. urban, suburban, rural, and Ann Kirkpatrick has been an absentee member of Congress. So what do you see as the most important issues for the district today? I, I think there's several. So I, I, in this district, you have the border. I think we can't ignore the border and everything that, that comes with that. Uh, drug trafficking, human trafficking. Uh, there's people walking into our country every day, uh, some armed. Uh, no one's shooting at anybody yet, but, but I was just down there a week ago and saw 100 trails. The wall's not finished. We left billions of dollars of equipment down there. Uh, to, so that the, the ranchers on there really are defenseless. And as great a job as Cochise County uh, Sheriff does in his office, uh, their, their apprehension rate is about 27%, which means we're not we're not getting 73%, and we need to we really need to provide more resources to our border uh, and make our country safe. We need to we need to shut our country down uh, in terms of who's coming in and that we don't know about. 168 different countries, and more recently, uh, immigrants from China and Russia have shown up at our border. So it, it, people don't know who's coming through the border, and we don't have any accountability. Yeah. Uh, so I think I think that's one of the things in this particular district, and I think it's going to become an issue for the the whole state. Um, and it's not on my platform, but it's come up recently. Is um, is water and, and the use of water and and how we get good water into the state. So I think I you know I'm working on some things with that, uh, and uh, I think that we also need to have fair and free elections, and and obviously education. I think those three things are are, are most important. Defense and public safety has always been part of what I do. So I, I, I those are the four things I'm focusing on is the elections, education, the border, and public safety. Well, and the governor has said that uh, this legislative session is going to spend a lot of time talking about water. So that, that you know, water is always going to be an issue here in the state of Arizona. So, Kathleen, a news article about you refers to your success in business. But in 2010, 
uh, this reporter says, something flipped and your life changed to a role dedicated to serving the public. So what was the impetus for the change of focus in your life? Well, Bruce, if you remember, I've, I've been in real estate. I was in real estate up to that point for gosh, almost 30 years, at 27 years. And uh, that was when the, the mortgage crisis changed and, and we had people losing their homes. Um, I was blessed at that point that I hadn't put someone in a home where they had overpaid for it and, and, and were losing it. So I, I felt that it, there was going to be a huge settlement and I got to go work for the Arizona Attorney General and we negotiated this the saving of over 500 homes when I worked there. But that was part of, the, I wanted to come and, and serve the public. I I'd, done very well in my career. My kids were grown and I had a, I, I just wanted to do things that I could work in the community and make an impact and make a difference. And I got that opportunity as the community outreach and education director for the state of Arizona and the attorney general's office. And I did that job for four years. So we're trying to get, you know, voters here in Southern Arizona to know a little something more about you. Let's talk about project 25 that you've been involved okay. in. Um, you know, the cartels illegal trafficking business has at least three legs. Trafficking millions of illegals into America, trafficking drugs, money, and guns into America, uh, or the other way as well, and exploitation of human beings into slaves, sex slaves, as well as enslaved workers who are forced to do unpaid uh, labor. Labor. Um, mm -hmm. Chris Bray, who's a retired investigator for the Phoenix PD, described you as a very as very involved with trying to provide awareness. Um, out about the anti-trafficking movement and motivated to make a change. And he said, Kathleen actually starts doing things instead of talking um, about doing them, unlike a lot of political people. So you're going to have a chance to actually do things. Um, what do you think needs to be done uh, and focusing on, on sex exploitation? What more needs to be done in this country if you have a chance to serve in Congress to to reduce or, or God willing, eliminate sex trade and, and all of the awful uh, human slavery things that are going on uh, in our country? So, um, so Bruce, I've actually passed legislation um, to impact this. So in uh, Mesa, Mesa was the benefactor of a lot of massage parlors, illicit massage parlors, where they weren't massage parlors, but that sex acts were being performed, and we uh, changed the hours in which they operated and did a, a really good job of, of getting rid of the, the bad actors. Um, and, and so I helped pass ordinances. Last year at the state legislature, two pieces of legislation got passed, one that affected children that were being used for child pornography, increased the penalties for those that bought children or produced child pornography um, and, and made it extremely uh, hard for someone who did that to uh, get out of jail if you exploited a child or, or used a child in that means. And, and then the other thing we did is we had money appropriated, $2.75 million, to bring intel officers into the state to identify the criminal cartels. And I actually commissioned a report, and we identified 150 different criminal enterprises run by the cartels that are operating inside Arizona right now. And that intel has been used and is and it's actually being used in some prosecutions right now uh, to uh, – to take the information that we received, a lot of people don't understand that uh, the money through these illicit massage parlors is actually going back to China. So China, the Chinese are funding uh, Central American and Mexican cartels uh, that are operating the operations that you just mentioned. And um, and I, I keep asking when I'm out, who benefits from a weakened America? It's not Americans. 
So who wants us to fall like this? And I think we as Americans need to understand that while these criminal activities are happening, it is is the depravity and the dysfunction is hurting our country. And I think in Congress, we'd have an opportunity to bring together bigger efforts to stop that. Kathleen, we ask all of our guests who seek office this question. According to the Arizona State Constitution, what is the stated purpose of government? So, you know, I'm running for federal office, but I can do the Arizona one, too, if you want. Or do well, you want do, the state no, purpose? Do it, do it federally as well. The, the federal has a stated purpose of government as well. Okay, so in the Arizona state, all, all political power, as we know, is inherent in the people. We are the people. And the government derives its, I'm going to try to remember, it's the government derives their powers um, from consent of the governed. So we as the people have the strongest voice. You don't know it right now because they're masking us up, but we have the strongest voice. And, and the government is established to protect and maintain individual rights. So that's the Arizona one, if I, if I remembered correctly. And um, I've been practicing the state the purpose of the government in the U.S. because that's the federal office. Which I've been oh, so for, somebody so. tipped you off. No, 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 no. I, 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 I actually had someone hand this, uh, the, 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 these purposes to me about four months into my camp, three months ago, three, four, four months ago. So I, I carried this. I, I have it on my mirror, actually. So Good, because you, you know, right now, so. you understand this is important, though. Well, it, we swear an oath. And if we're swearing an oath and we're putting our hand up and we're saying we're going to do this, it's absolutely important. Hey, we have hey, to say, we have to do what we say. We, a lot of people say a lot of stuff, but they don't do it. Yeah, Kathleen, we've got like 17 seconds left. How do people find oh. out about your campaign and offer their support? Thank you so much. Winforcongress.com, W-I-N-N, forcongress.com. Uh, I will tell you that we need to win back America, and Arizona needs a win. Great. Hey, thanks for joining us, Kathleen. We'll see you down the campaign trail. Thank okay. you. Th- thanks, Kathleen. And on to our next guest for the balance of the show. Uh, today, we have a familiar uh, person to anyone who follows politics uh, here in southern Arizona, And uh, I'm happy to welcome Arizona State Senator uh, for Legislative District 11, Vince Leach. Welcome back to Inside Track, Vince. It's great to be back. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. You are a hard man to track down. It seems like whenever I would call you to come on the show, you say, oh, Bruce, I'd love to come on the show, but I'm doing this or I'm doing that. I'm glad we could could track you down. you have, uh, we all have, the 2022 legislative session that starts on uh, January 10th. Talk about your committee assignments in the upcoming session. So my committee assignments uh, uh, are the same as they've been almost since I was at, uh, came over to the House. I am, uh, I am President Pro Tem, and I kiddingly say I finally figured out what that means. And, and President a Pro Tem means you're not good enough to be the president. So, <laughs> But anyway, uh, so I serve as vice chair of appropriations, and I serve as vice chair of uh, uh, finance which are the two fancy words for how we how we tax you and then what we do with that tax money and how we spend it through appropriations. I also serve on on the judiciary committee where we deal uh, just a myriad of legal uh, legal issues uh which uh, which I always find interesting. I'm not a lawyer uh so I'm expanding my horizons and I also serve on the rules committee. Every bill in the uh, in the Senate before it goes to the floor for a vote 
uh, has to go through the rules committee uh, and we get a review from our constitutional lawyer as to whether or not it's it's constitutional in an improper form. And those are pretty some pretty lively discussions because it is a it is a bipartisan uh, bipartisan as all our t- committees are. So those are the and then I serve uh, uh, on JOBC joint, and joint uh, legislative budget committee. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, they keep me busy. So talk about and preview what you think are the three top priorities for the Republican-led majority and, and what you must deal with in this session. Well, we must deal with, uh, uh, once again, we're, we're simply uh, taxing people too much, Bruce. Uh, we just got numbers, uh, mid-month mid, uh, numbers, and right now we have uh, $700 million of ongoing money. That's like your check coming in every month. And, you know, you can count on the ongoing money so we can spend for ongoing programs. The real shocker is uh, we have $1.7 billion, $1.7 billion with a B, in uh, one-time money. And so there will be um, any number of folks that what have... And that's the Rainy Day Fund? That. That's Well, that no, that's, that's in addition to the billion dollars that we have in the Rainy Day Fund. Got it. This is all... This is all new money. So we will, we are, we started the budget process last September uh, for the budget that will go into effect in, in, uh, in, uh, in this summer in 22, uh, July of 22. So within that scope, uh, we will be looking at, um, we will be looking at obviously roads, infrastructure, uh, any debt, uh, and we still have some debt to be taken care of and we're our, our even though we put a billion dollars in our pension funds last year they're still uh woefully way underfunded, underfunded. way underfunded and, and and we're not the only ones out there there's i mean you go to illinois you go to new jersey even california woefully underfunded and that's a that's really looking at it financial terms that's really an unappropriated appropriation we owe those people that money uh, they've done their work, and, and we should be able to pay for it. So we've got to be uh, – it should be up around 80% funded anyway. But those are big. Um, separate of that, um, there's one big issue that we're, we're going to start addressing this year. Hopefully we'll get it to Bruce. We need to take care of the initiative process here in the state of Arizona. Um, it, it's, we, we are one of the easiest states for uh, – it's, And it's being abused. It, it absolutely is. It absolutely is. If this was as intended by the writers of our Constitution, that some people, uh, grassroots and living in the state of Arizona, said, you know what, legislature, we really want you to do this. And the legislature said, ah, we don't even. So something would get going, and there'd be several groups around the state. But this isn't that. Uh, all, the me- all the medical marijuana money, all the uh, uh, recreational and medical came out of out of state. The SEIU uh, came in two years ago and had a bill, ostensibly about sur- surprise billing, but it was really disguised uh, a, a uh, salary increase. We stopped that. We took it to court. The problem with it is that uh, it, it really doesn't get vetted well. It doesn't go through the same rigorous uh, 
overlooked that, that bills do looked at by many committees, many lawyers, uh, stakeholders, whatever. And the second part is, is once it's passed, it's virtually impossible to, to fix. We right. need uh, three-quarters vote to, to, to fix it, and uh, that just doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen. That's, that's number two. I, we have to do something to keep these schools open. I think you're going to hear something on Monday, Monday from uh, the governor uh, on that. I, I don't have specifics, but he's hinted a little bit. You know, we know that our kids have fallen way, way behind. Uh, and they're not catching up. We we need to do something in that area. And I think that you're going to see something and offering uh, more choice uh, to particularly low income and those kids that are uh, uh, suffering and, and, and caught and captured in uh, underperforming D and F schools. I think you'll see something along those lines. Uh, and so those are the major points. That, ah, and certainly we got to take care of the CRT uh, all the right. mass things, and, oh and, and I'm running a bill. I'm running a bill, Bruce. That will, uh, if you're familiar, if your listeners are familiar with the DeSantis bill that was passed, yep. um, I think he signed it. I'm running a mirror bill. It has to be when I say a mirror, it has to be changed to fit Arizona law, Arizona Constitution. But it will be much along the same lines as uh, what the governor got passed in in Florida. Vince, my co-host, Eb Wilkinson, has some questions for me, starting about redistricting. Eb, go ahead. Hey, Vince, let's let's talk about redistricting. Uh, your new district, what are the rough boundaries and the communities? So I start out in uh, uh, in uh, Picture Rocks. I come uh, west, and I'll, I'll take you the north route first. I go, I go west, and I come up, and I go up to Saddlebrook Ranch, uh, and down to Saddlebrook. Uh, and then all the way over to, uh, I don't have Oracle, and then I start coming, I get to the mountains, and at, at Mount Lemon, I, I start coming south. On the southern end, I have Marana. I come across Marana uh, and, and Oro Valley, uh, and then about the same, and then they all those two lines kind of converge, but we're in the mountains by then, uh, above the foothills. And so, and then it curves around, and that takes in the the Tanga Verde, uh, Tanga Verde uh, uh, wash up there in that area, and it takes in the Houghton corridor all the way down to uh, all the way down to the ten. Wow! It's one piece. All well, it, it you know as I look at it on the map, uh, coming from what was a very gerrymandered district, LD eleven, uh, you know from. From my my house in Saddlebrook to Maricopa, it was closer for me to go to Phoenix to the capital than some places in Maricopa. So I because I had uh, I didn't have any people in between. This is a a smaller district. Uh, might not seem small, but it's a smaller district, a dense uh, just a denser uh, population. Do you so, think the redistricting uh, fact, changes helped or hurt your uh, district? Pardon. Uh, Stays the same. It's, okay. It stays the same. I was uh, about an eight five, eight six, eight seven, depending on which which race you ran uh, on a burner race of uh, 2018. I'll be a, I'm an eight uh, eight point nine uh, the final numbers that came in. Uh, it, obviously, it, it. I mean, 
you know, you still you have to go out. The change means I've got to go out and I've got to introduce myself to people that don't know me. Hey, Vince, I hate to do this. Is, We've got two minutes left, and okay. I can't let so, you get I'm, away without asking you the stated purpose of government. Oh, the stated purpose. It, it, I was listening to, to Kathleen just a little bit earlier. I remember one of my early, and I don't carry it with me anymore. I should, uh, but but it's from the people, and I'm I'm not going to even remember to paraphrase it. But I used to carry it in my uh, uh, in my uh, in my day timer. Uh, you know that it comes from the government. It is the people. We get our power from the people, and we have to listen to the people. The problem, and I, and I, when I was listening to Kathleen, I wanted to shout and say. The problem with that is that we're not teaching people how to be active in government. That is correct. The the importance is, I I, I tell people every election, when I'm elected, nobody lifts the top of my head off and pours smart oil in my brain. Hey, Vince, we're going to have to leave it there for right now. Uh, Thanks for the visit today, and let's talk more uh, all throughout the season. Bruce? Uh, And Vince, we will get to more issues with you when you come back on the show later uh, this uh, year uh, on election integrity, Second Amendment, and some other things that are extremely important. Insiders, that's all the time we have for today's show. Be sure to tune in to the show next Saturday when NRA First Vice President Willis Lee joins us to discuss Second Amendment issues and get us the latest news on the National Rifle Association as well as the Pima County Sheriff's Department. Until next week for Inside Track, this is Bruce Ash and Eb Wilkinson. Thanking you for listening in today and wishing you a very pleasant good afternoon. Customers come first at Tucson Iron and Metal Surplus. A lot of the the cities and counties around have initiatives for artists. I think we're one of the premier artist suppliers for steel. First Saturday of every month, you can come down early and actually go through the scrapyard across the street at seven acres of metal. You can walk through with our people and pick out what you want. It's always interesting to see what the artists have done. We've done uh, actually a couple projects with the U of A engineering department and music department where the engineering music students came down together. They had to pick something out of the scrap and uh, they had to build an instrument. And we have one of those in front of the plant. Some really cool things come out of the scrap. Tucson Iron and Metal Surplus. Call 209-1579. Stop by the yard. 701 East 36th Street, open Monday through Saturday. This is Eb Wilkinson of Wilkinson Wealth Management. Now that the new year has started, one thing still remains the same. Government still wants to control you and your money. Don't let them. Take control of your life and your wealth. Call me, Eb Wilkinson.